Um, we're going to continue in this piece from Derech HaMelech, Parsha Noach. And I'll uh, briefly recap. The Rebbe was giving a certain orientation, a certain perspective on what sticks with us from an experience of prayer. At least that was the, the example he was bringing, right? That in tefillah, we have an ability to potentially walk away with it with something that, that stays with us, a trace that's left in us, a Roshima in language of the Arizal, an impression that, that helps bridge, so to speak, that moment of prayer with the life that we're going to continue to live when we step out of it, such that it's not going to be this one-time experience that we, we experience something holy and then it, it kind of dissolves and fizzles out into the ether, but that there is something that can be transformative about our spiritual avodah, about the, our devotion. Because wouldn't that be nice for those things to really infuse our lives, yeah? So the Rebbe was giving us a framing um, based on teaching from the Ariza on the Magid of Mezrich, that hachna'ah, the sense of sort of surrender and humility, is something that we can walk away with, which as he unpacked it, it's basically saying, if I felt, experienced some kind of encounter with a, an experience of, of divinity, of encountering God in my prayer, and when, in the Rebbe's words, in a way that's going to surround my body, suffuse my body, touch my limbs, my heart, my, my, my body, he was very, very visceral in his um, uh, description of it. So then when I walk away, th- there's something that, that, that struck a chord that, that's going to keep vibrating within me. I'm going to be able to walk away with some sense of that awareness of, yeah, God, God is here. I am still relating to, to God. Um, he then gave some examples. He gave one example of somebody praying out of desperation in a way of really pouring them their whole selves into it. And as an example of a time when you don't have any problems with your kavana, with your fully immersive concentration in that moment. Um, and then the other example he gave was somebody who's, who's co- contemplating more, um, meditating on just what, what is this that I can speak to God? How close am I to God? Just feeling that this tunnel opened from where I am in my physical, material life, cutting through every degree of separation and, and potential distance, thank you, between me and, and the source of all, and, and, and the, the awesomeness of that awareness filling me. Okay, so those are two examples he brought. And, uh, and he was speaking just one more thing that was very important there that we're going to continue with is that when we speak about hachna'ah, about humility, um, it's not doesn't come from merely thinking that I'm a shmata. But rather true humility, in the Rebbe's words, comes from being touched by something so awesome and powerful that it leaves that impression. It's clear to me how, how immense and powerful God is. It's not, it doesn't come from me beating myself down. It's actually reminding me of a story, there's a story told about um, Rebbe Limelech and Rebbe Zusha, you know, the two holy brothers who were students of the Magid of Mezrich. And they came to the Magid once and they said, Rebbe, we have a machloket. One of us thinks, one of us says that I can come to know how great God is by knowing how low I am. And the other one says, I can come to know how low I am by knowing how great God is. So which one is it? Um, 
I think the I think if I you know, if I get it, if I remember correctly, I think the Maggid said both can work. But if you start by my meditating on how great God is, it'll be more more effective, <laughs> which is more you know the the stance the Rebbe is bringing here. Um, I hold that was Zusha's opinion. Say <laughs> that. Um, so we're in this paragraph. This kind of surrender of self or even lowering a sense of, of of lowering of self. This kind of hachna'a, this kind of sense of surrender that comes from, remember the image he brought, the light from above being written onto me. Remember the, the white paper and the ink? That even when you erase the ink, you walk away, but, but there's a trace left on you. So this is the this is the This is the the true, the the primary kind of of surrender um, in, in service of God. Somebody, because somebody who is machnia themselves, they subjugate themselves by Simply by telling themselves, you're karutz mechomer, you're, you're a, a clump of dirt, bria shvela, you're good for nothing, malay geshem midot raot, you're full of filth, you're, you're all screwed up, look at you. So may, even though maybe this kind of self-talk, maybe Good for, for the very beginning. Maybe to, to, to first de, you know, if I'm really caught in this sense of just full of my, my own sense of self and perspective in a way that blocks me to God. So maybe I have to get a little shift in perspective and have to be a little, a little cutting and harsh, but, but in an honest way. You know, maybe this is helpful at the beginning. And, and, and a person needs to, Needs to have this kind of perspective. I'm thinking also what we say every morning. What? 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 Right? We start the morning before we even begin to daven. We go through a whole series of, of asking, like, what in the world am I anyway? What is it? What is this? What am I? What am I? It, it opens up a space. Right? This whole thing of hachna is opening up a space for that awareness of, of God, of other, to, to live within me. So even though this kind of Cutting self-talk might be a helpful way to just kind of crack the surface if I'm, if I'm in the beginning. That strong armor that I need to get through. Nonetheless, it's very difficult for a person to lift themselves, to elevate themselves in this way. Because what it will do is it'll just shove them down into to just this low place. I'm just going to be trampling on myself. It's going to push me down. And, and, and furthermore, this kind of this kind of sense of self-subjugation, it's, it's not going to lead me to desiring greatness. It's not going to, it's not going to birth aspiration in me. And then anything that I do, I, I learn, I daven, I do some a mitzvah, whatever, any little bit 
I'll be satisfied with it. It's, an, it's, it's, it's more than enough for somebody like me. Why? What else can you expect from somebody so, so low and, and, and kind of helpless like me? So I do a little of this. I do a little. I'm not okay. If all I'm doing is telling myself what a schlepper I am, so I'm going to start acting like a schlepper. And I'm not going to really expect anything more. Yeah? He's, he's continuing that kind of inner, inner monologue. Could, could somebody like me ever, ever even hope to, to rise up, to, to, to be, become holier, to step into these kind of lofty madrigot? There's no madrigot. There's no levels available to me. I'm so acutely aware of how Weak and worthless I am. That, that it, I see no possibility. Okay, but again, this is an extreme. It's not an honest assessment. It might have some truth in it, but it's, it's one side of the picture that merely drags me down. And even more so, Rabbi says, but I want to tell you something even more, <laughs> which is every degree of holiness that is available to us, every true chidush in Torah, any true insight, in, whether through learning, whether through avodah, ba'im min hashamayim, they come to us from above. We receive them from beyond ourselves. Hashem noten et ha-Torah, rak Torah comes from God. God gives the Torah. God is the giver of Torah. Right? We say in, in, in the brachot when we get an aliyah, noten help me out, Hashem noten ha-Torah, is that the language? Yeah. You ever notice that it's in the, in the present tense also? Lo natanat ha-Torah. When we approach Torah, we approach it with the, with the consciousness, something is coming from the divine into into our world, into our realm, into our that we can we can touch, but it, it, it's still God's. The Torah is forever God's. It is forever coming from God. What is my avodah? I draw it into me. That's what I do. Let's keep reading. We're already, by the way. We're approaching like Ba'omer, we're on our way towards Shavuot. We'll see the Rebbe's, even though he's teaching in Parshat Noach, uh, this stuff is going to be relevant for us as we as we approach um, Yom Kabbalat Torah, Yom Atan Torah. To draw any degree of holiness or any Torah, Mimarom, if I if I'm if if it is coming from above, from beyond me, from God, So I, in order to do that, in order to to receive that, I actually have to elevate myself too. To bring myself close to it and receive it. This is um, from one of the piyutim that's said on Simchas Torah. Moshe ascended on high and brought down Oz Miftacha, a um, reliable power. The, the power of uh, the strength of confidence, which is a name for Torah. Hashem owes Hashem gives the strength and power, which 
It's not what he's saying right now, but if we remember last week, the Rebbe was saying the, the way of Torah isn't to, be a, isn't to be weak and sick. And just to say, oh, I'm so broken, I can never do anything. I'm so worthless. He says, no, the, the Torah is, you have a az kenamer. Be powerful like a leopard. The Torah itself is called oz. Hashem oz lemo yiten. Oz miftacha means a confident strength. In the Rebbe's vision, the Torah is actually meant to be a source of confidence and an empowerment for us and not, not something that, that breaks us and makes us feel worthless. But so the Rebbe says, to, to reach it, I have to elevate. I have to take a step towards it. And if I just sit there pushing down myself, my spirit, my mind, and I posek I make a psak halacha, I come to a absolute conclusion. And I make decisively. I say I am shafel. I'm just low. I'm megusham v'namuch. I'm just a clump of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm infinitesimally small. There's nothing else possible for me. As nishar flute. So I will remain in that low state. It would be, it is impossible for me when I've decided that that is all I am to elevate my spirit and my mind to receive something from above, to receive something holy and to draw it into myself. Now look, here's very cutting. And even if a person in this mentality were to come up with some kind of chidush in nigle, meaning I'm learning halacha, I'm learning tosvos, I'm learning gemara, and I, oh, you see, this is, I made a chidush to understand what the tosvot meant. He says, this is not a chidush amiti. You know what he's saying? He's saying that's not Torah. That's not Torah. If it's, if it's just me figuring something out with my mind that this equals this because this equals this, it's an exercise in in, in logic that I came to, but at, in my core, I am not connected to holiness, to the source of this Torah, to the noten ha-Torah. He says, this, this, this is not a chidush. This is not called a chidush in Torah. It, it's, a, it's a wild statement. What about that? The way go around and tell every yeshiva, go into every base midrash in the city and go tell them yeah. that. Yeah? Get lynched. <laughs> what, are you, sorry, so what about the other way around? Yeah, you do have the connection, but you can't make the chiddush. Ah, well, well, perhaps later in the paragraph we'll, we'll hear a little more about that. Okay, um, he doesn't come to this exact point that you're asking, but he will talk about where intellect and mind come in to this kind of more visceral experience. Okay, I hope we'll, we'll speak a little to that. It's a good question though, because uh, we need Torah and Tefillah. We need understanding, and we need a encounter with the divine. We need both of those things. That's a great question. The chidush, what, what would be a chidush would be some kind of something that comes from an awareness that comes from this kind of encounter with, with something godly, with something holy. That, that, that depends on me elevating myself. And we'll, we'll, he'll speak it out more, but but something we've seen, those of us who've been learning um, from the Sefer for a number of weeks, is that in a simple sense, they're saying that 
if there is no self present, or if the self that's present is 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 just being shattered and broken, it can't birth something holy. Torah is Torah emerges from this collaborative process where the person's own self and soul join together with God to unfold something, to uncover something. That is what Torah is, as far as there is concerned. I mean, if, and we could see these perspectives in Chazal. Torah existed from before time and after time. Okay, so what's their world for? What's their people for? What's their Har Sinai for? Was there Torah Shabbat and a Torah Shabbat Right? We can see the whole spread and this whole project of Briyat Olam and Matan Torah through this lens that God has something dear and valuable to communicate, to share. And it is only given reality when it can truly be shared and articulated in the human world through an encounter between humanity and God. What's generating that? That your your chidushim, your understandings, where is it coming from? Is it is it kind of your is it just this kind of intellectual exercise where there's no passion, there's no experience, there's no awareness of God in this picture? Or is it something that's that's being generated from I'm I'm encountering something godly and it's gripping my bones and and, and my words are, are are kind of bubbling out from there. The ideas, the insights, the understandings are coming from an encounter with something it's divine. Not just humble, but the kind of humility he's speaking about. And this is this is the determining factor. The the the, the, the you know, again, these don't exist in, in real life, these don't exist as polar opposites. It's not like you're either this or you're that. But to the degree to which I view myself as being cut off from anything holy. So 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 what 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 I'm gonna what's gonna be produced from from me in that state is not gonna be called Torah Minashamay. And and I would say part of what's tricky about this is uh how do you measure it? How do you measure, you know, is is Am I am I in line with what the Rebbe is suggesting, or am I on on the side of like I'm not really receiving any Torah? How do you measure this? It's like yada inish benavsho. It's it's something that only I can really evaluate within myself. And even then, who knows? Who knows? But 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 the Rebbe is at least mapping out a possibility for us. Yeah. I think he's, he's going to begin to, to show the flip side. This is not the case when, when a person um, does elevate themselves, pick themselves up. They, they arise in, 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 in holiness. And they attach their awareness to God in the ways that we've described earlier. In that moment when a person is being elevated, so they can receive some kind of insight, contact, something that they then draw inward, something that does land with them. You can have a aha. You can have a, you can come to, to some degree of, of comprehension. Now again, what's amazing here is that He's not only talking about sitting there with a sefer open and, and, and learning. The, the example he brought earlier was was davening. Let's just hold that for a moment. I'll, I'll come back to it, but let, let's let's see. Okay. 
And even when afterwards I am learning, I'm opening a sefer, and I need to work with my mind, and I need to use my brain power to, to come to a, a, an understanding and a realization in a chidush. So I'm using the mind, and it's not like the mind doesn't have a place here. But what's happening? I'm not now only coming to this new insight with my intellect alone. He's saying here, I'll just translate his words and then we'll talk about it. I've, the person has already drawn that insight, that awareness into themselves. That chidush, they already received it earlier when they were in this visceral, non-intellectual, or not only intellectual, this fully immersive experience of standing in God's presence, of, of contact with, with God, they received the Chiddush then. What are they doing now? Is their morida lisichlo. They are bringing it down into the intellect. They're bringing it down into the context of verbalization, of articulation, of human understanding. Ve'oved bedato and they're working with their mind. I'm trying to now understand what I received earlier. Lahasig, by the way, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting word because lahasig could mean I chopped it, I had a hasaga in understanding, but it's also lahasig, it's just to grasp something. And we use that in English too, grasping. Grasping doesn't mean that I see every detail and I know what to say about it. It means I, I got a hit of something. What the Rebbe is describing here, and he, he brings up another other drashot as well. Uh, we saw together um, from this sefer, I believe in Parsha Era earlier in the year, also this relationship between Tefillah and Torah. When when an experience of 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 encountering holiness, of attachment to God, again in Tefillah, in, in singing, and what have you, in, in in contemplation, that itself is where I'm mit romem. That is where I rise up and, and receive Torah. Like Moshe Rabbeinu going up the mountain. Moshe didn't go up the mountain and open a book and put on his glasses and start reading all the words. It was, re- it was revelation. It was an experience of, of, of standing, bathing in God's presence. And what he, he was morid miftacha. He came, he brought down words, understanding, mitzvot, kalim, concepts. When, when we lift ourselves, we're, we're going beyond mind. We're going beyond intellect. And the intellectual exercise afterwards is the unpacking of what I, what I received previously. It's, it's a wild framing. He's saying, you don't, you don't receive Torah when you just open. You think, you think that your Torah comes from sitting there and reading books. Your Torah comes from the moments and experiences of, of encountering God, hopefully on a, on a regular basis. But, but, but you know, you're talking people are doing his bodhus every day. People are da- we're davening every day. Hopefully there's some kind of encounter. Doing mitzvahs every day. Doing mitzvahs every day. If, if, if we can arouse that kind of awareness that I am relating to God here. And there's a, there's a process where, through which I'm... Being mit kadesh, there's some kind of holiness that's that's living within me, even for those moments. So when I come out of it and I'm reading Torah, I'm I'm receiving words from that same source that I contacted before. But if I didn't contact that source at all, I'm reading a book. I'm reading a book, 
and, and the ideas that I come to are simply my ideas about what I read in the book. Masha'en Ken, what he's describing before, that Hashem is no tena Torah. Torah comes as a gift from heaven. And I have to open a, a window to heaven to, to get it. Say a person isn't religious. Yeah. He's an honest person. He's honest in all of his business dealings. Yeah. He's compassionate. Mm-hmm. He's empathetic. He's patient with people. Now all of a sudden, one day he's 50 years old, he's learning Torah. Mm-hmm. The Torah that he's learning is going to be more open to him than somebody who was a Russia his whole life. Now all of a sudden, somebody tells him, you have a problem. You need to switch the way you're living your life. Okay. Because he's been living in alignment with some kind of... Godliness, even though he doesn't know it. Yashrut and, and, and Kedusha and the way that he conducts himself. Right. Yeah. So I would say, according to this, what we're learning here is that a person who lives their life in a good way, according to how God wants that person to live their life, even though he doesn't even know what he's doing, mm-hmm. when he does start learning, he's going to have access to the information in a lot easier type of a fashion than somebody else. Perhaps, yeah. Perhaps. Is that in line with what you're saying? I think it's an application of what he's saying. Okay. It's not the example he's bringing, but... Uh, it makes sense, though. Yeah? Yeah. We're oftentimes, on one level, it's like, okay, yeah, you got to be a mensch. you got to live with Yashrut in order for, for God to have someone to talk to. You know, that makes sense. Right, right. I, I need to speak the language. The Torah isn't just this religion in books that lives in, 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 in certain rooms with people with beards. It's, 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 an, it's a communication between God and, and humanity. So I need to be a, a human being that's in line with a, with a godly vision in order to, to hear that, that language, for that to have somewhere to land. That's one way to say it, you know. Um, I'll tell you a, a, a further application of that. And again, I don't, I don't want to like derail too much, but we're in it. Rav Chaim Vital writes in uh, Sharei Kedusha. Rav Chaim Vital, the main student of the Arizal. He writes in Sharei Kedusha, that that really, you know, this 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 concept that the six hundred thirteen mitzvot are all corresponding to the limbs and and, and organs of the body. <coughs> that there's three hundred sixty five mitzvot um, and there's three hundred sixty five uh, inner inner organs, and there's two hundred. Help me with the math here. Fifty what? Two forty eight. Um, um, positive commandments, and there's two hundred forty eight. Um, External limbs. So th- these are mapped onto each other. So what does that mean? What does that mean? Rukhan Vital says it means that the whole map of the human human being corresponds to to all of these sources of, of, of holiness. And and really, 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 we should have to do tikkun amido before we even begin to learn Torah. We should we should we should go through a process of refining our limbs and bodies and, and midot before we even start learning words. Because how are those words going to mean anything if we don't have contact with, with how they live within us? That, that, that's the point. The point is for there to be a meeting between me and my life, in my body, in my consciousness, and, and Torah. We have to be able to speak to each other. That's like an ex, you know, one more extreme version of this. But, but, but in the simple senses, I need to... You know, we, we get we get called to an aliyah la Torah. I need to ascend a little bit to Torah. This shul has two steps to get to the bima. It might not be climbing the whole mountain of Harsina. It might be that I have to take a, a half a step 
But to, to contact some, a Torah that is godly, the Rebbe is saying we need to first take a step towards it. A little step towards it. There's, there's a story about one of the Chabad Rebbe's. I think uh, the Rebbe Rashab, if I'm not mistaken, but I might be wrong. I'm not a Chabadnik, I don't know all the Masoves. There's a story about one of the Chabad Rebbe's that when he learned, he was in, like, in a different place. And people would come to talk to him and he would say, the person you're here to see isn't here right now. The person you came to talk to isn't, isn't here right now. Come back later. I'll just read on because I'm not going to skip it. Whatever, we'll read it. He's now quoting from his father's Sefer in the name of the Magi Mikuznitz, his Alter Zaidi. And here I'm going to do some more summary to get to another part of text that I want to get into more. So he brings to the Magi Mikuznitz that if somebody is in, in the battlefield and they, they injure their leg, they shouldn't stand in the middle of the battlefield taking time to bandage up their leg. Why? Because now they they can they're going to be vulnerable to getting hit in the head. They need to, if they hit their leg they have to they have to keep moving. Larutz hala he says. We'll we'll say the nimshal afterwards. And in the base Aaron he also brings from the Karlina Rebbe that the kind of cheshbonot that a person makes about how low they are how how limited they are they shouldn't do too much of it just once in a while. This shouldn't be the constant sense of how bad I am. Why? Because we don't want somebody to always be in the state of being low. Right? It's, gonna, it's not going to work that way. Which is, so the nimshal of the Magami Kushnitz, you get hit in the leg, you realize one flaw you have, don't sit there dwelling on your chisaro. Don't sit there dwelling on, on that particular um, sickness. Find a way to, to move forward. But yeah, pay attention. You don't want to. You don't want to hurt your ankle and continue to neglect it, and then let it get, lead to something else. But don't sit there dwelling on it. Find a way to move forward. Okay. So he goes on. He says, "Tzarich isha Yisrael achshav eichsha ani nimtza mikoma komani Yisrael." You can read this from Kutei Lachos. It sounds like Rabbi Nassim, word for word. Person needs to think to themselves. However, it is that I am right now. Eichsha ani nimtza with all that I am mikoma komani Yisrael. I'm still. Part of this thing. And I still have this privilege. God still gives me this open invitation. Say to me, Baruch Hashem. Speak to me. Mamash, face to face. Second person. It's called the first person, the second person. Second person, yeah. Address me directly. That no matter what, regardless, or not only regardless, but together with all that's wrong with me, I still have this ability. God is still here saying, hey, talk to me. And there's a, an opening. There's an opening available to me that can, that can cut through every single veil and, and degree of separation. Sometimes it's easier said than done. Sure. Sure. Most of the time. Yeah, but sometimes you just gotta gotta try to do this and not the other stuff. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm not in the states to to dive with kavana and get up and feel inspired and learn all day and say. Sometimes you just gotta say the same. Remember Rabbi Nassim said, like, you just sit there screaming Rebono Shalom for an hour if that's all you got. And if you don't even know how to talk, you just sit there not knowing how to talk. 
You know, it's like however it is that I am, in this moment, I can appear in God's presence. However I am, Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's difficult. I think what the Rebbe is doing is, is, is challenging our idea of what allows me to, to appear before God or not. I think, oh, I can't because I'm not what I need to be and because I am where I am. And they're going to be saying, Eich shani nimtza. Eich shani nimtza, ani omed afana. Yeah. I don't know if that helps. I, don't, I, don't, I think what you're saying is, is powerful and it's honest. And, and I think what the Rebbe is, 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 is telling us too is, you know, Bring the honesty to. Bring the honesty to. How do I actually become mitkadesh? Is by appearing as I am before God, and through that, bringing myself closer. And he, then he adds this language: kedosha. The person themselves can be transformed into a diukan. It's an Aramaic word. It has to do with like a, a portrait, an image. You, 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 your face, you, 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 you develop a face of holiness. You become a, a, an image of, of something godly. Because I myself <clears throat> am showing up there and contacting something godly. He's going to bring this now to, to relate back to things we've talked about. So I, I want to read, read on, okay? So, yeah. The Mashal. For example, Mishabim Achshavatoi is a Tsior Chadash, live not by it. Umitsayer Tatsurazot Alaniyar. For example, somebody who in their mind, there's an, they're an architect and they, they, imagine, they see a picture of a house that they want to build in their mind. And then they draw that picture on a piece of paper. In my mind, was there any physical picture drawn? There was no writing in my mind. It was a imagination. Nonetheless, that exact image with its proportion, dimensions, and shapes, and okay, if you're a good artist, you know, um, the same exact picture I had in my mind is what's what appears on the paper. Yeah. <clears throat> To the point where we can say the image you held in your mind has become manifest in, 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 in its form on paper. <clears throat> it was mitkashem. That, that thought, that, that awareness, that image became something on paper. That meaning that it's it's a it's a hamshacha of the same thing, it's a manifestation of that same very image. Ken haor shishora ata. This is this is the same process is true. The Rebbe says, when, again going back to things he he spoke of uh, earlier in this drasha, when when light rests upon a person, when something godly encounters, when I encounter something godly. This light, it doesn't sit there 
hovering above and beyond me, rak bo birosho uvelipo. It enters into me, in my consciousness, into my heart. To the point where my being is given over to that. Or I'm I get all worked up about it. Why do I dance around like a buffoon on Friday night singing a song? The Rebbe is saying that experience is, is light entering into your bones. That is what, that's how the Rebbe is, def- is, is, is defining for us. This is something he does all the time. Is that these, these high spiritual lofty concepts, he keeps telling us, like, I want to translate this to you into, a, into the, your actual experience. When you, you feel a, a, you tremble at some point when you dive in. You feel like your hair is on end at some point when in, in your tefillah. You're, you're singing and dancing your heart out, fully immersed in something. You're a shalashudas and you, and you just, that's all that, that you're experiencing. He's saying God is, God's light is, 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 is writing itself onto your, onto your bones. That orel yon is nichtav v'nechkach v'atzmotecha. It's being etched into you. That's what's happening. He's saying don't write it off. Don't 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 just say okay, no, it's fun. No, there's there's something there's something happening here. And it's through these kinds of experiences that even after I'm in that moment, there's a rishima that remains with me, that leaves a mark on me. Like he said earlier, it's like the letter being drawn on paper. That even after you erase it, even after the, the drawing is over and you, you say you're not there anymore, there's a mark that's left. The paper doesn't look so, so clean anymore. What happened in that moment is that an act of drawing, like the architect who imagined the picture and then drew it on paper, the draw, I've been drawn upon. That light from above, something of God, was mitgalem. It took on form in my mind, in my heart. It it caused my my kochot, all my my energy, to be swept up in it. To the point where this is, Rabbi says, even to the point that Pasuk Mishlei Chochmat Adam Tayir Panav. Did you ever hear this Pasuk? That a person's wisdom um, illuminates their face. You can see on somebody. Okay, we don't want to take this as, you know, walk around the street and say, ah, ah, ah making decisions about everyone you see. But, but to the point where, where our, our face can shine from this. Our, our being can be transformed. What does it mean for a person to be to, to become holy? What is that process? The process is, in a sense, absorbing and ingesting this, this godly stuff, these experiences, these encounters with the divine, to the degree where it can really saturate, seep into our our, our flesh, seep into our hearts, seep into our midot, and, and, and that is where the transformation comes from. Yeah, it's like, you know, 
You eat food, it turns into nutrients that turn into your flesh. Same thing happens with holiness. If we contact it in a way that it's really seeping into us, so that is where the possibility for transformation can come from. You know, there's there's this Mishnah, um, they would sit and meditate for an hour before davening so that they can have the kavanat alev, they can have the open open awareness to to, to daven in a way that, that was, was truly contacting God. The Gemara goes on and says, they also sat for an hour afterwards. Let me ask how... So how they were okay, we'll get, there. We'll, get <laughs> there. we'll get there. But before we can get there, what were they doing for an, af- for an hour afterwards? They were coming. They were coming down. Well, you could say they were coming down, but you could also say they were soaking it into themselves. There's the hour beforehand, the, the opening of space within myself to receive something godly. But then there's an avoda afterwards to sit and let it really seep. You know, let the tea leaves sit in the water till the water is transformed. If I were to only have kavana, go davana, and then run out and just go, go, you know, do you know, banking and shopping. So what happened? There, there's a disjointedness between what I experienced there and, and what I continue to experience as I walk around doing my thing. But there's also an avoda of bringing, coming out of it, of br- not only bringing it down, but allowing it to really enter into me and to, to develop within myself. I'm going to skip the next paragraph, but uh, what, what the Rebbe says in, in, in a distilled form, and I encourage you to read it on your own, is he says, what, these these experiences of feeling aroused by something holy. He says, this is, these otiot k'toshot are, are being written into us. These are the, the divine speech, those letters of Torah, those communications. It's, this is what it's like to receive those letters. And when I then pray and speak those words, when I then learn and it's, it's continuing, yeah, it's a hamshacha of what I had contacted there and it's coming out into words and letters. There's, there's, there's Torah being birthed, those same letters, into a form that, that my intellect can grasp and that my words can speak. It's, it's a continuous process from experiencing something holy to, to speaking words, to, to understanding, to grasping something. I want to just read this last paragraph, okay, because it's chashuv for Shavuot. V'chut mina pashut. And beyond the simple meaning of the whole nation of Har Sinai saw the voices. Remember, saw the sounds. Remember this? Where Rashi says, They saw what is heard. We have another, what we've been speaking till now can give us another hint at understanding this. What was going on? What does it mean to see the voice? Because at Harsinai, in the language of Chazal, Paska Zumatan Shel Nachash, it says like the, the venom of the, of the snake um, that had plagued us from, from Gan Eden until that moment, it, it, it disappeared. We, we were healed from that for at least for a moment. We didn't have that. Um, that, that, that poisonous, toxic sense of you're, no matter how great you are, you're still not, you're still worthless, you still don't belong, you're still disconnected from God. 
we reached this level of kedusha that was so refined. We, we were transformed into these letters, into this divine communication. We were suffused by it so much that it was so clear that our whole being was just God speaking through us at that moment. Each and, each and every one in their own way, according to their own roots, God was speaking directly to and through them as they stood at Harsinai. And when the whole nation was coming together and all of these letters, all of these little whispers of, of divine communication became a, 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 a fully pronounced dibor of that, that coming together made this one large speech. Ra'u et hakolot shidiber Hashem. That's what it means that they could see the voice of God speaking. Hainu Yisrael ra'u. They saw it through the people that were there. They saw it in in the collective of them standing there. What does it mean? It doesn't just mean every single person saw the voice. It means the collective of people coming together who were all experiencing an encounter with God. Each one of them being this transparent divine communication. So when you put them all together, they could see God speaking there. In their collective gathering, they're looking around and that's what they're seeing. What they're seeing in the two million people around them is Dvar Hashem. Kol Ha'am, the whole collective of the people together in this state, Rohim Kolot. That was revealing to them God's, God's voice, God's words. Do you hear how crazy this is? You hear how crazy this is? He's saying, no, it wasn't like they, they're looking up in the, to a laser light show in heaven and like, oh, did you see that word? It's like, no, in themselves, they had been so, they were so transparent to their connection with God in that moment that they transformed to God's speech. And looking around them, they saw, seeing each other in that state is seeing the voice of God. Experiencing God speak, Matan Torah, according to what he's saying here, is that that's what it was, is people collectively coming to such a unified awareness, each one of them connecting with God, and all together collectively standing there, that they look around and, and they're, they're, they're receiving this communication of Torah. I'll, I'll read to the end of the paragraph and we'll stop. But you remember, Amitra was terrified. It was a terrifying experience because they thought, wait, we're going to cease to exist. We're just going to be these, these letters. Alphabet serial. You know, so we're just going to dissolve. You speak to us instead so we can, we can hear it. We, don't, we can't bear to keep seeing it ourselves and each other. So we need to just hear words. We can't hear, we can't receive this degree of divine communication anymore. We're going to cease to exist. Moshe says, no, 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 no. Don't be afraid. God is lifting you up. 
It's not that, that God's speech is going to take your place and you'll cease to exist. What God really wants here is for you to, to you as you are, who you are, to be elevated and exist as the carrier of Torah in this world, as, as, as God's articulation and expression of communication in this world. That is what this is about. It's not to take your place. It's not to destroy you. It's to, to make you into God's revelation. Okay, that was too much. That was too much. But this is how the Rebbe understands that, that dialogue, that interaction, and that experience of becoming themselves, ourselves, part of the Dvar Hashem, allowing God to speak through our own experience, understanding to some degree, to whatever degree we can, that the encounter with God is the way that Torah communicates to us, is the place from which we can draw Torah understanding and insight in a way that's going to be manifest in our lives and, and, and actually take root in, in, in our world, in the way we live. I wish we had uh, Michal's three hours for this Torah. We went quickly. But um, hopefully it was something to to keep chewing on and to digest and to keep asking questions and searching up to